0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Endo Thick of it, a podcast for couples navigating chronic illness. Today, we are tackling a topic we've repeatedly been asked to address, and that is sex. You heard me right. Sex particularly maintaining or regaining sexual intimacy as a chronically ill person. To help us
1: tackle this topic, we invited Nurse Jenna to the podcast. Nurse Jenna is a nurse practitioner and sexual health specialist. Her career launched in a busy downtown D.C. office where she became an expert in urology, urogyne, sexual health and pelvic floor disorders. She specializes in complex patients and offers a holistic approach to her care. Jenna's passion for education is an integral component to her practice. She believes it is essential for a person to understand how their body functions in order to heal dysfunction and improve quality of life. She created the practice Discover Health so she could deliver quality care in an environment that prioritizes patient education, evidence-based care, and time. She also launched a new podcast that I absolutely love the name of. It's called Tame the Taboo, where she sheds light on a wide range of topics from sexual <laughs> wellness to financial wholeness. So without further delay, let's welcome Nurse Jenna.
2: Yeah, thank you guys. I'm so excited to be on your platform and um, just get into it. I love to talk about, of course, the taboo subjects, so I'm sure we will get into the things. <laughs>
1: Well, first, I I really wanted to just let you know I love the name of your practice and the name of the podcast. Could you tell us more about just the inspiration um, for the names and also give us a little bit more about what you're passionate about and the different conditions that you treat?
2: Yeah, perfect. So, Discover Her Health um, is the name of my practice. And I was actually still in undergrad when it came to me, literally in a dream. I was not a nurse, not wow. a nurse practitioner, not a business owner. Um, but I don't know if you're like a spiritual person, but sometimes God just like puts things on your hearts. Um, and that happened to me with the name of the practice. And I was like, okay, Discover Her, that's clever. Healthcare, <laughs> education, resources. Like, what do I? do with this. And so I got an email address for it, discoverhealth at gmail.com. And I just sat on it for years and years. And then after the birth of my daughter, I was like, I cannot continue to work in this system. Um, I cannot continue to delay this dream, you know, that God has put into my heart. So I have to start a practice. So I started my LLC and I was thinking of names and I was like, you know, going back and forth because it's, it's a clever name, discover, her, right. But people mm-hmm. say it wrong all the time. They say discover her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, maybe I should do it. Maybe I shouldn't. But finally I was like, I'm just going to do it. You know, like it, it came to me. So I'm just going to roll with it. So I've just been rolling with it. And, um, thank you for, for that compliment. Um, uh, so yeah. And then tame the taboo was just, it, I don't know. I think I'm a pretty creative person, but as I was thinking about like the podcast and how to put my voice out there, I was like, I want to talk about all these taboo subjects. And I just want to like, I want to tame the taboo. Um, And so I actually thought of it as a book title first. And I was like, okay, I want to, which, of course, I have not written the book yet, but it's in the works. And I was like, it's (laughs) it's, in the works. In the works. (laughs) It's on my heart. So it might be another 10 years, but who knows? That's all right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, so then that's where the podcast name came from. And I love to talk again about taboo subjects. So peeing and pooping and sex and pain and all the things that other people run away from. I'm like, give it to me. Let's talk about it. Let's get into it. I feel like I've been blessed with the ability to really listen. And that's what really taboo subjects need is someone who is willing to sit down and listen to kind of get into the thick of it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's
0: awesome. I I also I also like the fact that um, you decided to not change the name, even though it was difficult for people to say, you know, because I'm a firm believer that people will catch up you know they just need time to adjust to it but people they'll catch up to it so
2: thank you for that yeah and i think once you get it it's like okay that's that was silly now it's kind of stuck in your head so it's kind of easier to remember and and the people that want to understand it and want to get it i think it just makes them pay attention a little bit more so
1: and it wasn't until i actually went to your website after i met you to, for for the first time a few months ago that i realized that the her on the end of discover was an acronym i was like
0: Hold up! Oh <laughs> my, like, this is awesome. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So, while we're on the topic of acronyms, why don't you go ahead and and share the acronym with the people who are listening who aren't familiar.
2: Yeah, so the her, um, the the practice Discover Her Health is really centered around her um, and it's healthcare, education, and resources. Dope. So we deliver quality healthcare. Again, education, I was a professor. Um, I love to educate my clients. I spend an hour with everyone. I love to educate other clinicians. That's a big passion of mine. So that's the E. And then the resources is we have a shop. So, you know, when we are doing a plan of care and I'm like, go and buy a vibrator or dilators or, you know, here's the right lube i really thought it was important to have it in-house so that people can know this isn't chosen curated by an expert like this is a trusted product so that's the her the
1: latter is huge because it's such a saturated um industry now just some intimacy products and you know in general so i know i personally appreciate that when i can get it recommended and for for me, primarily, it was my pelvic floor PT that recommended all of my things. But not everyone has that that resource uh, available to them. So to be able to go to your website and see that you're someone who knows what they're talking about, who knows what's tried and true and what's of good quality and is recommended, I often send people to to your site and say, if she says it's okay, Thank then you. it's okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Absolutely. you so much. Well, let's dive into talking about intimacy. And I, I want to make it clear that we understand that sets and intimacy are two two different things. Um and I think intimacy is probably a good place for us to start because in order to have intimacy, you do need to have safety, um, you need to have open communication. And also you wanna really just make sure that you're being true to yourself and honoring your body. So I figured let's start there because before we dive into how to have great sets, or how to navigate um, chronic illness, where you maybe sets is painful for you. We need to really make sure that people understand the foundation mm-hmm. first.
0: Yeah, define mm-hmm. the terms, right? Well, and we also create forward, the, so. this,
1: that safe space so that if you are mm-hmm. having issues. Um, you know, pain with sets or, or even anxiety with sets, yeah, any, any of those things. Sets really is not supposed to cause those feelings. Sets shouldn't be painful unless you want it to mm-hmm. be. And uh, it's okay um, to be able to communicate that. You need um, someone that you can openly communicate that with. I will hope to be your partner. But then, Nets, I would love for it to be a health, a healthcare practitioner like, your, like yourself. Mm-hmm. So, so, so what is someone like the foundational? components of intimacy that you try to cover with your patients before even going into how we're going to get back to having sex Right?
2: Yeah, it's definitely active consent is one of the first things I teach. Um, And when I say active consent, I mean, when I am laying hands on any client, they've heard my spiel. And what I say is, just because you have come here today, just because you have decided that you want to do this procedure, that you want to do the exam, does not mean that you can't remove that consent, right? So we can be midway through the exam. And if you say no, stop, that means no, stop, right? That means I stop touching. I don't try to coerce you. I don't try to convince you that it's something that you need. Um, and so that's a skill that you really have to practice. And I think that learning how to start that, start practicing that skill in the environment of a healthcare professional's like chair is essential, right? Because if you can tell me no as a person of authority, right, then I think it's going to make it hopefully easy for you to be able to tell your partner, hey, actually, no, we need to stop, you know? Um, actually, that hurts. I'm not comfortable with that. And so it is a skill. And it, hopefully my clients have started to like build that skill. Um, but that's essential to intimacy. You have to be able to be safe, like you said. And safety, you have to consent to
1: whatever it is that you're doing. And you have to do so enthusiastically and actively. And okay, now we're about to hear all the nuggets. That is a good, that's a good, <laughs> that's that that is a great one to to start with because I sadly, and I'm sure you've heard it too, I have lost count of the number of people who have gone through with having sets that was, that did not feel safe, that was painful, thinking that they would they just had to just grin and bear it uh, for the sake of societal norms, for the sake of their relationship, for the sake of their partner's ego. And it just breaks my heart every time I I hear that. And then it doubly breaks my heart when I hear that that's happening with a healthcare provider, where people, like when I talk about consent, I often have patients that say, this is the first time anyone has ever even asked me this or told me what they're doing bef- or what they're about to do before they do it, even if it's just touching me. And I, though that breaks my heart, it also brings me joy to know that I can set that new standard for them to say that that's, that should be the norm. Mm-hmm. No one should touch you without, without your consent, without your permission. Mm-hmm. And guess what? When they demand consent,
2: Um, from their other providers then that next provider is going to be like okay well she just challenged Mm -hmm. me in this way hopefully they will think twice before they just do that exam just do that swab just do that speculum on the next patient so it really is like you know kind of like wildfire it's going to spread and spread and spread so the more we empower our patients the more we challenge the healthcare system and that's really I talk about a healthcare revolution all the time like that's what we're starting Mm -hmm. right here
1: and absolutely mm -hmm. absolutely and
2: Kim it's so beautiful for my audience who I will be sharing in this episode, with too just a little bit about like you and Brandon. You guys are married, like partners, um, and and you are also a nurse practitioner,
1: a fairly new nurse practitioner too. I changed careers. You know, I worked ten years in research consulting and like social science, working as a you know project manager, and I always loved healthcare, and I was always particularly fascinated with anatomy and physiology. But I like it, like yourself also kept delaying that dream. You know, afraid to change careers, afraid to pivot. And I finally, after a medical mission trip to Tanzania, said, I cannot keep doing this. Like, because I, too, felt like God was putting it on my heart that you cannot keep delaying this. This is like I was I very, very clearly recall being in the middle of a um, clinic day in a rural village, hungry. Thirsty, completely like depleted physio- physiologically, but feeling so alive because I was doing exactly what I was supposed to be doing, which was delivering quality like, health care and, and facilitating people getting you know, quality care. And that's what finally had me come home and say, I, I got to do it. <laughs> and, and said, you know, I don't know all the steps, oh, but God uh-huh. just really needs to just show me the first step and, and show me the next, and show me the next, and show me the next, And mm-hmm. I, and I particularly went into nursing with the intention mm-hmm. of becoming a nurse practitioner because it was nurse practitioners on that medical mission trip that I was just absolutely blown away by. And I just couldn't wrap my head around just how beautiful they, their healthcare delivery was and no, no, you know not knocking physicians at all but there was a stark difference in the kindness the holistic approach the um, therapeutic touch I mean just the act of listening I mean it was it was some really clear components of the nurse practitioners uh, approach to care in the field and the physicians at, uh, at that time which they provided good mm-hmm. care but I particularly resonated with the NP's care. So I'm definitely one of those folks who said, I am here to become a nurse practitioner.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that. And you did it. The beautiful thing about nursing and especially as a nurse practitioner is that, yes, we can still operate in the medical world. We can prescribe, we can do all these things, you know, we can recommend surgery, but nursing is all about like delivering care. It's about sitting with folks. It's about caring for the patient we don't learn from the medical model, which is like disease processes. We learn from like, how is this affecting my patient and how do I make my patient feel good? So to be able to have that kind of base. Baseline and then expand on it with the clinical Mm -hmm. skills to be able to you know deliver the medication and and the other things. It's like I don't I don't think it's a better career. I'm I'm biased, but
1: I agree. (laughs) Uh, And and my my research and like public health research background only like made that like more um, impactful to be honest because because of my public health background, I could also see how my High quality, holistic delivery of care could also improve the health of families and communities and impact population health ultimately. And so it's it's I'm realizing now the more that I'm working in practice, that it really is a gift to be able to see the big picture on the other end of. Communities being able to care for themselves, make informed health decisions, being able to take care of their families, live higher, you know, better quality of, of life, better health outcomes, being able to ma- make their decisions um, despite even their education level or despite their, their background, still being able to become mm-hmm. an informed patient and be able to navigate their care. It's, I, I yeah. live for it. You I guys live, are superheroes, man. <laughs>
0: man.
1: <laughs> as brandon i mean he don't know yeah but he's coming on my on the next mission trip with me that's something
0: that i've been wanting to do um for a while anyways um you know i love i love video and and story you know so like capturing stories and moments and stuff you know that's that's huge for me so yeah i can't wait so
2: that's awesome y'all are a dream team. i love that
1: All right. So we have active consent, the power of active consent. What's uh, another foundational um, element that you like to uh, ensure that your patients have um, pretty solidified before moving to trying to have sex?
2: Yeah. So I would say that both parties have to be on board. Um, you know, it's important that like partners are a part of the conversation and understand fully what's going on. Um, because that is going to remove a lot of the stress and the pressure off of the person who is ill, right? Like it's enough to just be in pain, but now you got to remember all of these things and then you got to educate your partner. So that partner really has to come to the table, like with a full understanding of what the other person is going through. And I think that's really what facilitates intimacy because then they can be empathetic and sympathetic to what is happening. And both parties can actively choose to be present in the moment and can really fill off in each other's energies and say like, this is working, this is not working. So you really have to have two people or, or more if you choose more, but all parties involved have to really have a full. Understanding of what is happening, the
1: complete story. Absolutely, and and you're you're right with that education piece. Um, and it can be hard to serve as. Your partner's uh, sole source of information, especially when it's clinical information and you're still trying to trying to understand. So I'm a, a, a big fan of, an, of having the, the partner present um, takes not only the pressure off the patient to have to do all the edu- education, but then they also can see what their their partner goes through. Uh, I, for, for example, I try to have Brandon present for um, as many appointments as possible, whether it's a pelvic floor physical therapy session or a pelvic pain assessment or a pain management appointment, because it also helps to just have someone else who's hearing the, their information, but also he can have his eyes open to like what Ashley is um, painful. What, um, what's working what's not the complexity of it like it's not just uh, sets hurts like it's a, it can be a lot more complicated than that there could be multiple pain generators and also and even for me as a clinician it could be hard to explain all of those things um when he can really just get it firsthand uh, if he's present in the appointment so
0: yeah and it's and it's very empowering for someone in my position too because it's like um oftentimes you don't know the right questions to even ask because you don't like there's so much information that you don't know so like once you know certain things it prompts you to ask the right questions you know and so um you know you don't know what you don't know right so um being able to put yourself into a position to where you're getting more of the information and you're, you're in the, in the same room where you can ask questions, you can get clarity. Um, And, you know, even if you're in the room and don't have the right questions, you're still showing up for your partner.
2: And I think that's so important. It's just like having somebody show up for you, you know, physically, or however else, um, even if a partner is not able to be in the room, sometimes I'll ask like, do you want to call them? Do you want them to be on the phone? Like when we're doing the education piece or uh, definitely at the end, I'll say like, they are welcome to come if you feel like that would be good for you to have them there. Um, but it's so important. And also as much as I try to keep people from disassociating during the visits, it's gonna happen you know I have a mobile on the ceiling just so it's something pretty for people to look at so I probably sound like womp 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 you know <laughs> trying to do my education they're like girl I'm just trying to get through this visit I'm just trying to like if you can get your finger out of me then I can hear you <laughs> I can relate to that um <laughs> yeah so so having just another person in the room to to pick up when you have to leave your body right because that it happens whether you know you've been to countless therapy sessions or not like dissociation is just a part of the the pain um experience unfortunately and so if you are dissociated if you are removed from your body because that is what you need to protect you in that moment
1: if you have somebody else to hold space for you Um, it's one of the things that i um, want to start doing, but I'm just going to have to get it myself because it takes forever to get my job to do anything, uh, is providing a mirror and, uh, at least the option of, of a mirror because, you know, and like, I oh, bless you <laughs> I'll uh, because you <laughs> that's a good way to give people the option of staying present when they really want to, like you have patients like, like me and many others mm-hmm. who have, have had chronic pelvic pain for so long that even if we don't want to dissociate, we do. So, so uh, and I noticed that when I had a mm-hmm. mirror present to be able to see what was going on, it was it actually helped me stay present. Um, mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. like such a helpful tool that I want to make sure that my patients can have available to them too. Mm-hmm. And I'm serious, I will I send you one. I have Thank one you. that
2: has a light on it. It's um, awesome. Um, I, can I definitely it use it. <laughs> yeah yes i will get that out to you Aww. asap and it can really be a game changer i liken it nice. to you know open up the closet when you're a toddler you know looking for mm-hmm. the boogeyman, because there's when you have pain and when you have painful intercourse it's so much wrapped up in it yeah. right and so when you can say like okay one i'm not crazy because look how red mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. you know or um if i'm pointing out the anatomy I, I can show you the vulva model which i have a few of them over my shoulder i can show you that model but if you don't know what your own anatomy looks like it's like if changes are happening yeah. you don't really exactly. know absolutely right? um so it's just another way to empower us
0: and i would think that would be a great way to also um because i feel like for a lot of women there is a disconnect between themselves and their lady parts mm-hmm. right and so like to to um actually have that mirror there is a is I guess that would like be a great way to connect, make the connection. Like this is a part of yeah. me.
1: Oh, you know? I, I mean, most of us didn't receive, you know, sound sets, positive, um, anatomy education, um, including healthcare professionals. We all, we also really don't get solid sets, positive, um, the yeah education that even focuses on connecting with one's body. It's very disconnected mm-hmm. um, in in mm-hmm. the education piece. and so you're absolutely right, Brandon, that I, I think mm-hmm. that it can be a first step yeah. for for a lot of women who literally have you know women are really anyone assigned assigned female to birth, but really anybody who has mm-hmm. grown up um, with an upbringing that made them avoid touching, looking, or even connecting, uh, in any way physically or emotionally, you know, with their genitalia, uh, that first step is to really can be that mirror. Just to look, one of my favorite things to do
2: is to point out the urethra mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is where you pee, you mm-hmm. know? And, and people are like, dang, mm-hmm. it's not inside the vagina? I'm like, yeah. Nope, no, it's not. Wow. <laughs> you, you actually don't pee from the vagina. Mm-hmm. And if a partner is in the room, I love to like point out the clitoris and I'll say out loud, hey, mm-hmm. the most sensitive part of your anatomy, of your genitalia, is gonna be here on your vulva, it's external. So even if you're not able to tolerate penetration, like it doesn't matter because most of your pleasure is not coming from penetration mm-hmm. anyway. And then I'll kind of look over my right, shoulder and I'll say, right. this, you know, right here.
0: Yep.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and take like, okay, okay. <laughs> <high> here. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs>
2: Exactly. Yep. And then. Mm-hmm. And, pull out my notepad. Exactly. And, and if you can you point know. out and say like, oh, look at this. You have something called clitoral adhesions where the clitoris can become like literally buried. Um, th- and you can tell the partner, hey, it's going to take a lot more effort. For you to be able to give her pleasure, and it's not because you are inadequate as a partner or she is broken as a human being, it's just the anatomy is set up different. Right. So that's just another example of why educating both the client and the partner about the anatomy is just so important. And I think that can change intimacy, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you're like if you're going into it like, okay, my clitoris is smaller than average or my clitoris is not exposed. So it's going to take me a long time to have an orgasm and your partner and you are on the same page about that that's going to take your intimacy to the next level because they're going to be able to stay focused on the right things. And you know, the vestibule, the vaginal opening where a lot of the nerve endings are, where a lot of the hormone issues can contribute to a lot of the pain, where a lot of the the pelvic floor muscles, if they're tight and tense, they pull on that vaginal opening. And so if we have an understanding of that's not even essential
1: for pleasure anyway, Mm -hmm.
2: We can avoid all that, and we can focus externally. That changes the game for people. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I, just being able to like broaden and and not eliminate because if someone if their goal is penetrative, inter, you know, intercourse, then we can work towards that goal as best as we can. But in the journey, it doesn't mean mm-hmm. that you have to just completely avoid intimacy, sexual intimacy altogether. It's an opportunity to be able to broaden um, what is all in your understanding of, of sexual intimacy uh, and that exploration, it takes a lot of the nervousness and the, and, and feelings of inadequacy uh, out of the mm-hmm. equation, at least from, from what I've experienced and what others have, have told me, because now it's more of a, it's explorative, explorative like journey with the, with your partner or, part, or partners, mm-hmm. as opposed to this part of me don't work. Right. Uh, so like, <laughs> I'll just like, Put Cut it, it all, all, all together, just yeah, and and be afraid to even be intimate because they're going to only want penetrative intercourse, and that's it. No, if we're on the same page of uh, let's work on exploring what else is available, you know, to us so while you're working towards that journey of of um, the goal, if if it is your goal to be able to have you know penetrative right. sets. so.
0: Yeah. Cause the goal could change, you know, um, yeah. in the, yeah. in the exploration of that. Right. So, um, I think it's exciting. We were just having this conversation too. This is
1: I know. the That's dope a- part <laughs>
0: about it, uh, <laughs> you know, but, um, yeah, like finding joy in being on the journey with one another. Right. And, and, and exploring, you know, because you yeah. may find out some of the things mm-hmm. that you thought you might've been into, you may not be so into those things and things that you thought you might have, Um, not been into you may find out oh man these are the very things that are are like the the meat and potatoes of what we should be um like sexually so Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. and are that you know that you know thing or activity that you've been avoiding may actually bring some deep connect connection with you and your partner um that you didn't realize it would you Mm -hmm. know
2: I've had a a number of patients who are like, I don't even want to hold my husband's hand anymore because I'm afraid that it's going to leave. And so there is somebody listening right now who is touch deprived because they have painful penetration, right? And so they are denying hugs and kisses and cuddles and snuggles and the things that are essential to human connection, right? Like we will quite literally go crazy. Your life expectancy will shorten a lot if you are not being touched and so if we are consciously and on purpose denying ourselves that touch that can extend our lives extend our pleasure extend our joy because of this one thing because of penetration you're missing out on a whole lot of good
1: thank you so much for listening to this episode of endo thick of it If something resonated with you today, we'd love if you'd leave us a review or even send us a message on Instagram. You can contact us on Instagram at It. By doing so, you really help us um, not only inspire our topic ideas, but you can also help this podcast reach more people who are in search of this kind of resource. Also, if you'd like to support our efforts, you can buy us a coffee. We're now on coffee uh, and the link is in our Instagram profile. Thank you so much. And then lastly, the information provided on this podcast is for general informational purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Always consult your health care provider to determine next steps for managing your health needs and before implementing any changes to your health management. Thanks for listening.